right. Ah. Well, that's good. Then we better start talking. Okay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. Grandpa. And welcome to the 1980 Academy Awards. We made it. Yay! For another decade. This is If I Ran the Oscars, a podcast where we take a look at one film uh, per year the Oscars were on TV. We take a look at what it won for and three other categories chosen at random so we get a full view of the filmmaking experience. Yeah. Uh, this year we... And this are, is all random. This is all chosen at random, which means that we did not choose a Vietnam War film this year. We didn't. There, It was an option, but we did not watch Apocalypse Now. Right. Uh, and we happened to miss Kramer versus Kramer, which somehow. I kind of was looking forward to because there's a lot of good people in Kramer versus Kramer that I would like to talk about. Meryl Streep, in particular, I believe, is in that one. Uh, but uh, we watched Norma Ray, a film with four nominations and two wins. So a bit of a smaller production, as it were. Not a whole lot of Academy Award facts this year. That's just the way it is. Uh, the only one that I really want to talk about is. I uh, uh, now the computer's telling me I need to restart. I'm not going to restart now, computer. I am in charge. That's what you think. I uh, uh. the one I wanted to talk about because I don't think we're going to talk about it today is art direction because this is a stacked art direction year, and I would have wanted to watch probably any of these because the winner is a film called All That Jazz, which I don't know much about. But the fact that it won in this category is significant to me because it was up against. Alien, Apocalypse Now, The China Syndrome, and Star Trek The Motion Picture. I don't know much about The China Syndrome, but those other three have very, very, very distinctive art styles and set mm -hmm. design. Right. And to not, for none of those to have won means that this must have been a fantastic year for the visual presentation of filmmaking. And, and, and bit, this film in a very stark contrast. Yeah, this one was very... It, well, it was filmed on location, basically. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't need to create lavish, imaginative sets. Right. They just plopped people where they were supposed to be. I wonder how much political influence uh, comes to bear on a film like this. Well, the this film was based off of real-life events that happened in 73 and 74, mm. and then off of a book written in 75. Yeah. So this was only a few years past from yeah. real-life events. And I think that the, the American people are usually behind the idea of being paid, you know, properly for the work that they're doing and not being exploited. So I don't think that this is going to lose political impact at least for the common man, anytime soon. Uh, Norma Ray is based on the true story of Crystal Lee Sutton. Uh, Mom noted at the end of the movie that it said that all uh, characters and company names are fictitious, and any similarities to actual names is a coincidence. And I believe that is to prevent... Lawsuits. Well, that's, that's fairly common. Yeah. That's, despite the fact that they are very much based on real people, yeah. Yeah. it's to prevent lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, so I did a little bit of looking up about Crystal Lee Sutton. The Wikipedia page has some of it. I also found some information off of an article written for the American Postal Workers Union. You know, okay. Very, you know, very, very similar in that, you know, the union is very important and very recently... The postal workers have been having something of a difficult time. Well, that's just a whole nother thing. Yes, but uh, according to them, the company 
J.P. Stevens, the actual name of the company that she was working for, amassed over 120 unfair labor practice rulings while trying to shut down union unionizing activity. So that's a bit. Yeah. The uh, There are two real-life things that definitely were portrayed in the film. One of them was her writing down a, a letter posted in the factory uh-huh. where the management insinuated that the union was, in fact, a front for black power. Well... And huh. as an attempt to divide the workers against each other, mm-hmm. that actually happened. And she actually had to take write it down to get proof mm-hmm. and wrote it down in full view of everyone. And they basically fired her immediately afterwards. And the scene where she's standing up with the sign mm-hmm. also yeah. happened. Okay. So that was, that I thought was kind of interesting about how much they actually got that was real. Also, the union rep they sent in this film it was Ruben Wach- Ruben Wachowski. Mm-hmm. His real name is uh, much easier to pronounce. It's Eli Zivkovich. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. 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 So, I uh, well, Ruben is just much more recognizable. Yeah, I'd say they. I believe they traded one obviously Jewish name for another obviously Jewish name. I I know two people named Ruben, and neither of them are Jewish. Interesting, Ruben is, right? That's Ruben true. is, but. Yeah. yeah. So there's not a whole lot of uh, recognizable people in the film, which is usually where we go next. But the main character is Sally Field. Now, she's been doing things well, for a while. Since I was a little kid and watching afternoon TV. Yeah. Her, she started in TV in 1965 with Gidget. Oh, yeah, Gidget. Then, <sighs> then the Flying Nun. Nun. Then the girl with something extra in the 70s. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Uh, she got a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead in a Limited Series or Movie for Sybil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Her film career took off in the 70s with Stay Hungry, Smokey and the Bandit. I was going to say it was Burt Reynolds' films. Yeah. Then this was her first of two Academy Awards for Best Actress. She also won for Places in the Heart in 1984. Hmm. Smokey and the Bandit 2, obviously. Mrs. Doubtfire, Forrest Gump. I forgot about Forrest Gump. In the 2000s, she returned to TV on ER, where she got another primetime Emmy. Huh. In in 2002, made her stage debut. She was on the ABC series Brothers and Sisters from 2006 to 2011, another primetime Emmy. Well, she just keeps working. She was Mary Todd Lincoln in the Lincoln biopic in 2012. Right. Oh, I remember that. She was Spider-Man's Aunt May in the second try of making the Spider-Man movies in 2012 and 2014. She seems too old to play Aunt May. No. Aunt no, May has right. been going down in age as they try and make those movies again. <laughs> the first time she was like in her 80s and mm-hmm. the second time she was in her 60s and the third time she's in her like 30s or something. That's funny. It's actually been kind of kind of weird. But she seems to have one of those careers that's not exceptional, but is just good. Mm-hmm. And good for decades. Mm-hmm. So, very good job there for her. Uh, also appearing in this film is Bo Bridges. Uh, one of the Bridges. People. One of the Bridges people. Acting family. Son of actor Lloyd Bridges. Elder brother of fellow actor Jeff Bridges. He's mostly known for his TV work. 
Right. He's on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, of course he is. He was doing TV starting in the 60s. His mm-hmm. first film role is in 1948. And he was a really little kid. He was seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, his film didn't really pick up until the 70s, but... Mm-hmm. His last, his latest film role was last year. <laughs> He's been in a movie just about every year for the last while. Sometimes more than one. Oh, he's uh, in some of the Stargate things. Doing a lot of work. Yeah, no, you'd... Again, another one where you don't... Ne- he's had a good, good long career. Not necessarily an exceptional one, but just quality mm-hmm. end-to-end. Not really a whole lot of other recognizable faces in this movie. Nope. I'll be honest. I looked up a couple more of them. Didn't really see a whole lot going on. This well, is... there are recognizable faces. Like, yeah. look at Pat Hingle, for instance. Pat Hingle? Pat Hingle is the father. Yeah. Who oh, dies. He was you know, on the waterfront. Nope. <laughs> and, and this guy was continually working since 19... What was it? 50... 1954 was on the waterfront. Yeah. He was in the Clint Eastwood films Hang 'em High, The Gauntlet, and Sudden Impact. I mean, oh he my just God. did a boatload of work. The, uh, is this the original round of Batman movies? Yeah. He's Commissioner Gordon. He's Commissioner Gordon. In the Tim Burton Batman movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, All right, yeah. then. You know, His did agent a lot has kept of TV. Him busy. Yeah. A lot of TV. He was in, he was in Shaft. He's, He's probably Shaft. like the one white guy in Shaft. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of those recognizable actors, you see him in a lot of different things, and, if, and just another yeah. good good career. If basically. we were doing a podcast about TV shows in the 70s and 80s, we'd probably recognize these actors much yeah. more. Oh, yeah, they did a lot of TV. These are the kind of guys that would do that. That would just, you know, he's in an episode of literally every TV show. Sure. So, yikes. I wish I recognized more of these guys. I need to watch more stuff. Right. Well, you need, yeah, I know, you need right? to watch more 70s and 80s TV. Yeah, I, I, just need to, I just need to be 20 years older and I'll be fine. <laughs> I, the film was it filmed in Opelika, Alabama. And Mil- I still don't know how to pronounce the name of that town, but I went with that, and I'm going to stick to this. As good as you can get, yeah. The mill scenes were shot at the Opelika Manufacturing Corps, and the motel scenes were scenes were filmed at the Golden Cherry Motel. Oh, for real? Yep. Made it easier to say I'm at the Golden Cherry Motel when he actually was. Huh. Not a whole lot else to say about this. No. I. The things we talked about while we were watching it include the. Uh, the best original song Academy Award. Yes, I which made us grumble, grumble, grumble. It made critics grumble, 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 and I'm glad we found an excuse to talk about it <laughs> because there is a movie that we did not get the chance to see this year because it didn't win anything, and that is the Muppet movie. We could watch it anyway. We could watch it anyways, but from that movie comes the song Rainbow Connection. Now, if you are some sort of undeveloped zygote and well, therefore have not seen that film or heard that song, I recommend you get on YouTube right now because if you want to have about three to four minutes of a happy time. Well, and it's catchy and it's lyrical and it's, it's clever. It's really good. It's really good. And the song from this film 
Not so catchy. Not so catchy. Not so memorable. And... Not easy to sing along to. It actually was a bit of a critic backlash that this film got best song. Partially because it wasn't so good. Partially because there were actual other good contenders. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, a year where the winner is a 7 out of 10 because everything else is a 5. Do you think this was a case where maybe the votes got split too much and so this dark horse ended up winning? It's possible. Is it a Jesse Ventura for governor thing? I don't know. I I don't think there were... You'd have to have two songs that were so similar mm-hmm. right. that it would have split the vote. And I don't know if it necessarily had that. I'd have to hear other ones yeah. to know for anyway. sure. But Rainbow Connection is just the one on here where the fact that this didn't win anything is very disappointing. Right, right. I don't so. know. It definitely was on the charts mm-hmm. of places. I don't know if it got a Grammy. It should have. It should have gotten all of the things. The song was performed by Kermit the Frog. Yes, I remember that. In parentheses, mm-hmm. Jim Henson. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. it's that's something very weird that hopefully we do get to run into at some point mm-hmm. is when characters are credited as performers mm-hmm. is something that doesn't come up that often. Right. Uh, hopefully, if that does come up, it's going to come up for uh, Andy Serkis, because I hope we get to watch some Lord of the Rings and mm. talk about Andy Serkis. Spoilers, Andy Serkis deserves, like, 15 million Academy Awards. That's a big number, Dan. He's very good at his job. But that's still <laughs> a really big number. This is true. Uh, something Tra- something I noticed on this film is that it is a slow-paced film, however... It doesn't show things that don't need to be there. It assumes the audience can figure out that when a man collapses and the next scene is a funeral, it's his funeral. We don't need to show wailing and gnashing of teeth and people having to go to the funeral home and send out letters to people. No, we can put the two and the two together. Because we're clever. And if they... And if they had had to put in all of the filler stuff, this movie would have been three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would have yeah. been yeah. all falling asleep. Oh, good move on that one. Yeah. I think this is going to end up being a shorter one. A lot just of good c- moves in there. A lot of good moves. I thought oh, yeah. That. Well, just go ahead. No, no. You're up. Well, I, it's just that I have, I had a lot of emotional memories from this stuff. And I, uh, well, therefore I wasn't really watching the movie. I was thinking about other things. Yeah. Well, because you have a, in your own personal history, uh, times when... Um, You're the one. <laughs> I have... <laughs> well, what did I do? Uh, I sparked you, something. I think you are the one. I shouldn't have said it that way. Okay. I had an incident in my career years, 50-some years ago, that uh, I've never spoken except to one person. Which... Oh, then it's me. Okay. <laughs> then I am the one. Yes, Dad has talked to me about some things that happened in his career, and I won't I won't go into details, but I think well, that it had I, to... I'm wondering if it isn't time to go into some of it, just for the hell of it. Well, on you the, want to put the, it on the internet? On the internet no, for everyone? No. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it depends right. on how long you want to stay up after this. All right. Well, no. but I think what I think Dad is saying is that there were probably some... Uh, Parallels. Some parallels. Dad was not running a manufacturing sweatshop in which he was cruel and unusually treating his employees. I'm going to say that because, you know... For legal reasons, we have to state this fact. Because, you know, I, I was there and I was a teenager and, you know, 
kid in my homeroom worked for my dad. So, you know, I know that people weren't, you know, dad wasn't treating his employees cruelly, but I think there were times when they're, uh, you know, that... Anyway, so that's what, yeah, I think dad was just having some, uh, you know... Flashbacks. Flashbacks. And that's okay. And sometimes that's what happens with movies is it reminds you of things. And that's a good thing about movies is that it does... Movies take us someplace. Yeah. And it's better when they do that. Mm -hmm. Flashback Mm -hmm. to that poor last Liam Neeson movie we watched. Where it was just (laughs) downright boring because it took us back to the place of sitting in a doctor's room waiting. And that was not very exciting. Oh... (laughs) Yeah, but that uh, was a totally different That thing. was a different podcast. So, Point taken. Yeah. So okay. anyway, so this one, what are we supposed to be talking about? So first we're talking about Best Actress. I think she did a very fine job. I yeah. think she did a very good job. Yeah, no arguments there. She did a great job of, uh, you know, being slutty and not being slutty. Especially at the end, she did a very good job of having emotion on her face. Just like, drop of the hat, it's time to be emotional yeah. now. I think mm-hmm. she was legitimately crying in the car, yeah. so... You know, in that one scene. So. I don't think she wanted to go to jail either. There, There is a trivial comment about when she was being forced into the police car. She was struggling so hard she broke a rib of one of the other actors. Good for her. <laughs> broke, she broke a rib of one of the other actors. Oh, I, hope he, I hope they paid him extra. <laughs> All right. Uh, first bonus. It looked real. Yeah. First bonus category is mm-hmm. going to be... Visual effects, which there were none. There really weren't any. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta think if there was any visual effects in this film. There really weren't. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s portrait was in that small church. Yeah, they could have just put that there, though. That was not added. That was not an effect. That was not added in post. (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. Uh, To run down the list of visual effects from this year, because this was a year with more than two movies in it. Okay. Which at this time in... Uh, yeah. Movie history mm-hmm. was a bit rare. Yeah. Alien, 1941, so I assume okay. explosions. Mm-hmm. The Black Hole, which just based off of it sounds like cool like space stuff. Like a black stuff. hole. Moonraker, which was on the moon. Okay. And Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. So even if this film had some amount of special effects, like a car explosion. No. No, no. it's not women. No. No. No, and they, that's fine. They had a mimeograph machine, which the kids at home probably Ooh, don't know what that is. And a typewriter. Yeah. That's not or a special two. effect. Those were real. Those were real. <laughs> Somebody found those. They actually had those. Hey, we found the typewriter that Patrick and I had when we were first married, we found in a snowbank uh, in Uptown. Yeah. And it was a manual typewriter, and it worked, and we kept it for years. And it was just like the And it was the just like the Smith Corona that was in this film. Just mm-hmm. takes you back, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Oh. Yep. Next bonus category is Best Supporting Actor. Now, in this one, do we want to give this to Bo Bridges, I think? It's probably the, the more supporting of the two actors. Yeah, I would think yeah. that um, Mr. Liebman was probably more of a he main was actor. Of a main. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a lead character, now, but... I don't think he did I don't a. Know, I don't know that the father did enough to, no, to deserve maybe. a supporting actor. But he died well. Yeah, he was he not. He, well. he was not nominated. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody in this movie was nominated. Nope. So. I the one Academy Award fact from this year is about that category. the The largest age difference between two competing actors in Oscar history until 2013, because Justin Henry was eight 
and Melvin Douglas, who won, was 79. Wow. Wow. Melvin Douglas, that is partially the reason Melvin Douglas didn't go. Because he didn't want to admit that he was having to compete against an eight-year-old. Wow. But he won, so it got extra awkward. Well, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, you're better than an eight-year-old, but at the same time, so is most people. Right, but what if the eight-year-old wins? Yeah, then you look really silly. I don't know. That just seems like a... It's weird. That's yeah. a very awkward thing for somebody who's spent their whole life, do- life on a craft. Most, uh, not most, many 79-year-olds could care less. Yeah. Right. I mean, so Mel- Melvin Douglas has also had... another award. Mm-hmm. Melvin Douglas died in 1981, by the way. Uh, mm. We've discussed him in HUD. Ha! <laughs> Uh, he was the suave leading man of the 1930s mm. that we discussed previously. But <laughs> so no supporting actor there. Last bonus category: best screenplay. This one would be one. Pro- uh, this one was based on material from another medium, mm-hmm. since it was based on a book. Right. And it was nominated. Lost to Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. I felt like that was a. Uh, almost like Oscar bait kind of movie. I mean, so is this one in a way. This mm-hmm. one is very... Yeah, I think so. This one is definitely, you know, finding the heartstrings and hooking them up to the, you know, cotton machine. Yeah. But I think that it was well written. I definitely yeah. liked some of the sass back and forth that was going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was written to be said by normal people yeah. instead of... Shakespearean actors. Yeah. So like we were watching uh we were watching Network the other day and I thought and I said to her, it's like it was it was sort of almost uh Aaron Sorkin esque, you know, the way it was being acted and written. Yeah. The dialogue back and forth. Dialogue back and forth. Was it Aaron Sorkin? A lot of back a lot of, you know, kind of fast delivery. Um it, it, yeah, I mean this this had some elements like that. Where Although they, it was where they, in the set in the south, so yeah. they don't. It's not as rapid fire as New you know, York City, and, and not necessarily uh, New York City more rapid fire, right? And it wasn't necessarily unpredictable either. I mean, the 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 day that Reuben goes and meets the father, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that wasn't an unpredictable reaction. I right. thought it was well played, right? You know, by the actors. Well. I like that she's speaking a little Yiddish by the end of the film. Yeah. I do like that. I think that's funny. It was nominated. <laughs> so, any closing thoughts on the film? Uh, the costumes were awesome. The costumes were of the period and of the location. Yeah? Okay. It's worth a watch. Yeah. 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 If you find this at your library, give it a watch. Sure, sure. All right. Easy, easy enough. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye. Bye. Good night.